Welcome to the NAFCO Working Film Podcast. I'm your host, Edward Frank. NAFCO is an acronym for the Northern Appalachian Film Collective. We are a 501c3 nonprofit media corporation located in Western Pennsylvania. NAFCO would like to thank its sponsors, WestPA Systems, the design-built electric contractor for your 21st century home and business, and Dakota, the Du Bois Area Council in the Arts. If you'd like to become a NAFCO member, send an email to info at nafco.org. Our guest today is Jason Paul. Welcome, Jason Paul. Hey, how you guys doing? I talked to you before when you submitted your movie Malign to our film festival, and you was going to make it down, but uh, the second night of the festival was rained out. Yeah, I remember that, actually. I was a little disappointed. I was actually excited to come down there. It seemed like a, a really fun event and, you know, all the festivities that are around there. I was actually, that was one of the ones I was really excited to kind of travel to, actually. Um, you know, things happen. I was looking at your uh, Facebook page. It says you're originally from California. Yeah, so I keep it, I keep everyone guessing. Uh, I was actually born in a small town in western Pennsylvania. And I do this for deliberate reasons because, you know, the world's gotten extremely crazy, to be honest with you. And uh, I have a nine-year-old, so for, for her protected interest, I never really list exactly what, where, I'm, where I was born and where I'm from. And it's just to protect her, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been all over, to be honest. But I was born actually in a small town uh, in the Allegheny Mountains in western Pennsylvania. Well, good. That was my impression from talking to you before, but it says different <laughs> on the uh, Facebook page. Right. Uh, I see you've been doing acting various types since uh, about 2005, your earliest IMDb uh, credit. Correct. Um, it's crazy because I moved to LA when I graduated from college here and I went to college over in upstate New York and ironically there, there was a snowstorm that happened and literally uh, no, no BS about seven, seven feet of snow fell in two days. And I looked around and I'm like, I'm getting out of here. So I called my mother on the phone and I said, Hey, I'm going to stop and see you. She's like, well, you can't cause the roads are closed. I'm like, well, as soon as they open, I'm going to stop and see you. She's like, where are you going? Like, I'm going to the beach. I can't take this cold weather anymore. And I just picked Los Angeles for all places to end up. So I went out there with about $3,000 to my name. And uh, that's it. Just packed up and left. Uh, I didn't go out there with the intentions to act or wanting, wanting to, to, you know, become an inspiring artist. I just went out there just to get away. And it, uh, it just kind of happened. Um, one thing led to another. I was doing construction for a while. Then I found the restaurant industry. During the restaurant industry, I uh, I waited on Stephen Levy from Frameworks Entertainment and Fern Castle, casting director. And uh, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, we were short staff. We call it in the weeds in the restaurant industry. You know, when you when you're overwhelmed because we don't got enough people working. Uh, and they happened to be my table. And I remember Fern asking for uh, a coke. At the time, I'm pretty, yeah, it was Coke, Coca-Cola. 
and we gave it to her and it was flat. Then we tried diet. It was flat. Well, we brew our own iced tea. We give it to her and it's flat. I'm like, interesting. I said, all right, man. Instead of getting angry, I said, all right, let's let's bust balls here. And I just started going in. And like, by the end of the, the, the conversation, you know, Steven's like, hey, do you act? I'm like, no. I said, my roommate and I, we have a construction company on the side. He's like, hey, why don't you come up to my house and, you know, put a cabana in. I'm looking to do this at XYZ. And I get up there, man. I see this guy's house in Mount Olympus. And I was like, wow. I didn't know houses like this existed. And then from that point forward, I'm like, I just started auditioning and getting in the class and, and honing in. And then I booked my first gig back in 2005. It was uh, with David Sterling. It was a film titled Axe Grinder. And then I booked the NBA and I got to host for the NBA, which was extremely cool. Uh, I did all-star break in Las Vegas, got to host with Shaquille O'Neal and do some fun things. And then, you know, basically it's just about building and sticking with it and, and getting better every day and being in it for the right reasons. In 2009, I took a break when I moved back to New York City. I became a level one wine sommelier at a Michelin two-star restaurant. And my daughter was born in 2010. And I took time to be a dad. You know, you got to do, you got to do things you got to do. And uh, I became responsible for somebody else's life. So I had to make sure that she was taken care of and given the needs that she needed and putting my, my, my dream on hold. And about three years ago, uh, my daughter is now, this is when she's six going on seven. Um, my mother became a, a helper and helped nanny my child. Uh, and we uh, started uh, coming back to the PA area more often. And as of last year, I took an executive chef job at a country club, uh, being the fact that I only had to work nine months and I would get all of pilot season off. Well, then all this happened, COVID hits. And I said during the season when, you know, most people regress during COVID, you know, they're like, oh, I said, hey, man, I'm going to come on top. So I started working extremely hard at uh, reinvesting my money in the stock market, uh, working on my mind, my body, my spirituality. And recently, man, I've really... I don't know what it is by the power of positivity. I just kind of put this energy out there. And right now, like I'm on my fifth booking in, in the last 35 days, which is, it's extremely humbling to be honest with you. It just feels like everything's clicking right now. Well, I see that you were in this project called Vindication. Tell me something about that. Oh my God. So Vindication is, it's a funny story. So three, roughly three years ago, I was doing a project called Homeless Henry with Jay Head. Uh, Jay Head was the little kid, if you remember, in Blindside in Hancock, uh, the movie. And I get a call up and I audition. And, you know, Stuart and I have, from God's Own uh, Ministry Productions, have built a really good relationship over the last few years. But I was down there filming that, long story short. Um, Minus the, the seven-hour uh, plane delay because of storms. But I finally get there, and we do all that. And it's on a Saturday, and I remember getting a call. I can't remember exactly if it was Saturday. It might have been Thursday. But I remember we were in a high school doing a scene. I saw the photos, and I get a phone call from Ronnie, Ronnie Hummel. And she's the casting director on the show. And she goes through and tells me, hey, do you want to come over? You know, there's, there's a chance that you could be a part of this. And I'm like, well... I'm going to say no. And she's, I'm like, I'm not saying no because I don't want to do it. I'm saying no because I'm afraid that, because I watched the first, I watched, I watched the first episode before I auditioned for season one. 
And I'm like, I have a feeling that this thing's going to become a huge part of our everyday lives. And I told her that was the reason that I said no. So we go through the whole entire season. It's done. It just starts gaining the recognition that it deserves. God willingly just putting that in. The show has such amazing substance and so many amazing human beings that are involved in the show. So uh, Ronnie and I, three years ago, based on my audition tape, I had no idea how to do a self-tape um, at that time. And this lady really went out of her way to, to hold my hand, basically, uh, between not knowing how to use Dropbox, not knowing what I was doing. And many people today don't do that for, for individual artists. Um, and she was such a kind-hearted human. And I, I just somehow, man, we just connected and we built this huge relationship. So moving forward to now where we're at, season two starts and I get a phone call. And, uh, you know, Jared and I have built, that's the director now, have built a great friendship. And it's just one huge family. Like, if you're on the show, you're family. And uh, we went down there and we filmed episode uh, one and two of Vindication season two. Um, it is now the number one trending uh, television series on Pure Flix. And it's just an amazing feel-good family. It, it's, it's not preachy. It's not over the top. It's everyday problems that you and I would go through and it's faith-based. And uh, it was just, it is just an incredible experience. And I feel like that kind of kicked off this, this five, this five gig booking for me. And I don't know if it just gave me more confidence or gave me a sense of belonging, or it was the 3,700 mile drive that, that I, I, I engaged in to quarantine myself um, to get down there. Um, because obviously we are, we were in a pandemic at the time and we still are currently. But uh, I don't know what happened, but my whole mindset, plus I've been taking class with uh, Anthony uh, Grosser Studios in New York City. The cool part about it is I can zoom in. I can zoom into class now. I don't have to travel to be in class. Um, and uh, it's just, I don't know what's happened, but I just, I just thrown myself out there with positivity and, and put the work in over years of developing who I am as a person who I am as an actor, who I am as a father, and just everything is clicking on all cylinders right now. Well, I saw on your page you recently announced you'll be booked the feature film Justice, and uh, you're yeah. also booked to play the role Luke, If My People, which will be oh, filmed in Virginia. Yeah, um, it's funny. With If My People is a funny story. So about two months ago, I read... I sent in a couple audition tapes, then I got a call back, then we met. And me, like, it, I, can't, I can't give too much information out about it because we haven't filmed yet. We, we start filming next three weeks from now. But I, I decided to give the character an accent based on what I thought. And then during, because the, I naturally have an accent too. And then they're like, well, can you take the accent away? Well, I spent four days giving this, this, this character an accent. So I'm like, okay. So I stripped it down and I pronounced two words and then my natural accent came out. So that kind of like, I get an email saying, Hey, you're such a great uh, actor. We loved you, but your accent's a problem. Would you be willing to read for Eugene? And I'm like, sure. So I do two or three takes on that. I also sent back another read cause I really wanted this, the, the character I read for man. Like he's such a deep character and I read for that too. And you know, then we had another Skype meeting when I, or I'm sorry, a Zoom meeting when I was down in Texas. I brought all my stuff with me because I had audition stuff happening as I was waiting to film. And uh, basically, 
you know, they, I don't hear from them. And it's like down to me and another person again. And then a few days ago, as soon as I get back home, I get an email saying, hey, would you be interested in playing Luke? And it's just, it's just like the, 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 the fate of the destination. Like I'm supposed to be there with these people at this time, at this point in my life. And I keep telling people, it's not, it's not about sometimes how big the role is or how small the role is. It's about making a name. Like if I, I lasted for two months, I've, I've built this relationship with these, the, the casting director, the producer, the director, because you keep seeing me. Um, it's kind of the same thing that happened with Washington Armor. Listen, this, this is a crazy story too, to fit into these bookings. So Washington Armor is, shoots down in Texas and it's based on a true story uh, about bulletproof George Washington. And I love this whole story because it's about history and history needs to be told. It can't be erased. And it was the second to last day, I think I was there. And I'm driving around doing some things down in Texas that I need to take care of. And all of a sudden I get a phone call. And they're like, can you get here now for your live callback? I'm like, absolutely. So I dropped whatever I had. I was in flip-flops, a backwards baseball cap, Buffalo Bills training shorts, and a t-shirt. Well, my t-shirt had this big logo on it and I knew it'd be distraction. So I run into Walmart, throw my mask on, you know, because you have to wear a mask in stores there. And I buy a t-shirt. I go back out. I slick my hair back after I sign into the building. And I go upstairs and I get on the phone with a dialect coach. I've been working with uh, Matthew. Um, he's helped me uh, a lot on my dialect. And I'm on the phone with Matthew and I'm asking questions and I'm just going through my head, everything I need to do. And I get to go in this audition. And you know how good it felt to be in a live audition, to connect with the three people in that room. And, uh, they took my measurements. So this is one thing that I've been after. I've read for them just to finally meet them in person. It's like, I've known them my whole life. Once again, it goes back to Ronnie Hummel, who's the costume director on the project. She's just such a great resource and a great human. And she has a great eye for talent and, and people who are upcoming. And I mean, I can't say enough positive things about, about Ronnie Hummel as a costume director and not even as a costume director, but as a human being and her purpose of, and her ability to, to have a heart to want to help, people who, who she believes in and, and, and to find talent. And I mean, that, that, that was my Texas story. And just ever since I've been on that journey, like I said, I don't know what's happening, but my, my world is, is it's, it's aligning to a point that I'm even dumbfounded by it sometimes. Um, I, I've read now for two of my first big lead roles. Um, I'm waiting on those. I'm waiting on another project uh, that I'll find out about next week on um justice was one of those things that i read for it and it happened to be i was in in atlanta coming back home and i stopped for the night and i uh i sent in the monologue that they asked and i said hey man the lighting's gonna be off but this is what it is and i get a phone call an email actually as i was driving home i think it's right when i hit virginia i got an email from them saying hey man we're shooting in the end of august are you willing to come back to south carolina i said absolutely so it's just been a crazy journey um, between vindication and justice. And if my people, um, you know, I'm really hoping for Washington Armour because I love doing the British accent and, and changing how I, how I talk. And uh, I guess some other bigger things happening. I just got an email about a project that's shooting in October in Florida. But I mean, it's just been an incredible journey. And I'm so grateful with, you know, I just put my put my energy out to God and and let him lead my life and uh things have just been completely aligning for me to be honest Evan. yeah I, I noticed when uh 
I talked to you last week or so setting up this appointment that you were uh, sending me messages with a British accent. Oh yeah, dude, I was practicing still, man. I was I was so still there, man. Like I was so pumped to go in and do this. Um, and it was just fun to do. And like, cause at first, man, it was funny. I remember, I remember when, when I got the call from Ronnie or the email, I'm sorry. And, and I'm just like, I don't think I can do this. And then I'm like, you know what? I got this. It's funny. Cause I was like, Hey, go watch Braveheart. Ha ha. You know, for Scottish and British, you know, they're very similar. Um, it depends on, first of all, I didn't realize there's like 152 different British accents. Um, same with Scottish. Um, there's different dialects within the region, you know? So, um, I reached out locally to a coach and, uh, him and I actually built an amazing friendship. Uh, he, he's a pastor of a church, ironically, and, uh, he's a big history buff. So I, I love just going over and hanging out with him and his wife. And we just talk, man, we have tea. I know it's crazy to hear a guy like myself say, Hey man, I just hang out and, and drink tea with the pastor of a church, man. And we talk, we talk about history, but it's actually some of the most rewarding conversations I've had in a long time. And he's just a great person. And I just remember when I was on the phone with him, just, I'm like, just keep talking to me. Cause like with Scottish, they, they talk in like a, in a different, it's almost like a song. Like, did you take a walk out this morning? Like they talk like that up and down. What a British is like the British man of war. It's like all about having like a chest bass and not overrolling your R's. But uh, it, it was such an amazing experience to be live. I, I can't even explain what it felt like finally to be in a live audition again. Because I haven't had a live audition for dang near two and a half years. You know what I mean? A lot of it's now via Skype, via the new way of, of life is all online, which is great, you know, but I feel like you miss that connection, that human connection, that energy that you, when you walk in, sometimes it works against you. Sometimes you're so nervous that you, you fumble on your words, but I love feeling the energy from, from human people in the room for me. In person, you can see like their faces better. Yes. The impression of what's going on, I think, better than you can over a, a Zoom or Skype conference. You know, you sort of feel what's going and feel what's working or isn't working when you're talking to someone in person that you don't get. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I went in there. I never had more confidence in this because I knew I prepped. So, it's you know, I started talking to these guys back in January. And I went through British. I went through Scottish. I went back. And it's ironically, it's hilarious because... I mistakenly thought that the character that I was reading for on that day was Scottish. So I did it both ways and I've had, I had both ways, but like just based on the luck of the draw, the sides that I got were already the sides that I prepped so many times over and over again. And it was just, like I said, it's the world was aligning at these moments for me. And uh, I, I can't really explain it. It's just this force that, you know, it's kind of like, when you know things are going your way and, and it's not, it's not being overly, I would say cocky is, is a bad word. It's just knowing that the gracefulness of everything is coming together and aligning for you. Like you're just supposed to be in this place at this time, at this section of your life. And, and finally, when I kind of let go of everything and started controlling Jason and controlling only what I can control and cutting out all the negative, I haven't watched news. I cut out all these negative aspects of my life, you know, I, I, I'm very humble and very grateful for everything that has happened to me in my life. And I've worked on it and, and getting better at everything that I do. And every day I go to bed and, and thinking how thankful I am to be able to wake up the next morning. And, uh, you know, I start with that. And I always start to try to be better than the day I was before. And I'm not competing with 
with you. Like I want you to be successful. I want the person beside me to be successful. I'm competing for the best version of Jason. And once I really started focusing on that kind of energy for myself, so many, so many doors have opened for me and I'm just extremely grateful for it. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the films you've done locally that I've seen or we had screened at our NAFCO uh, film screenings. Uh, okay. Whisper Giants. Yes. With uh, Aaron Dunbar and filmed by Don Swanson. Correct. Um, I wish for John's was amazing. Uh, it's one of those feel good movies that, you know, when I see it, I compare it to the feeling of Pete's dragon. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the new Pete's dragon, but Aaron, and I still talk today. Don Swanson. And I still talk today. Um, Swanson and I teamed up. We did uh, a short film called broken and, uh, it came out amazing. I shot it on my cell phone. I held the cell phone the entire time, minus two takes. Um, one I used uh, Ida, my daughter, and the other I used uh, Ida's mother, uh, Gina, and um, to hold the camera for me. And we did these mini clips, and this project is, is mind-blowing. It's so raw and so emotionally driven. It's, it's, it's just incredible. And then with Aaron, Aaron and I are working on a feature currently. He's writing it, trimming it down right now. It's something him and I have connected with over the last three years quietly and talked about. And I'm not going to reveal too much of it because it's not really my project to discuss at this point. Um, but I've built, like, it's funny because, you know, in every project, you kind of build relationships with people. And that's, that's what this game is about is building, building solid relationships, building healthy relationships, and, and building organic relationships. You know, you don't ever look at somebody like, what can that person do for me? Because then... Like, it's just, it's just not the way it works, you know? And if, if you're in it for the reasons that you want to be famous or you want to have the fortune that comes with it, you're in the wrong business, man. You know, you got to organically do these things because your heart thumps to do it. You get excited to do it. You're like a little kid. You know, you want to, I do this. I do this because I want to inspire. I want to inspire others based on my, my upbringing, where I came from. I want to, I want to use this. Not only do I love, I love the challenge of breaking characters down, man, but like, for me, it's, it's the ability to inspire the next person in line or giving that innate value to somebody who might not think that they're good enough or, you know, the people you come in contact with on set and, and the relationships you built. And it's funny because I used to get these big highs and big lows. Like, you know how it is when you film, you know, when it's done, you're kind of depressed. You're like, oh, man, this first this is this is the first trip that I've had. And mind you, I was still 19 hours from home when my, my trip ended. And I never got a depressed state this time around. It was never a high low for me. It's like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I knew more projects were coming. And I, I, like I said, man, like it's about building relationships, believing in yourself, putting in the work and, you know, putting that, you know, that energy out there. It's like the power of positivity and it becomes contagious and people start to see that, 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 that energy and that kind of swag that you have, not swag being cocky, but that swag being believing, being organic, you know, being heartfelt, being a good person, man, is plain and simple. And, uh, you know, things, things do come to people who, who put that kind of work in. And it's just a matter of how long are you willing to hang on to this dream? You know, my big saying is, if you're going to dream, you better dream big. But if you're going to dream big, you've got to stay awake and make it happen. You can't just throw a dream out there and not be willing to fight and work for it. You know what I mean? So 
I yeah. mean, those guys came to me a couple of years ago and I read the script, man. And, uh, it was incredible. It was an incredible script. Uh, Swanson did a good job. Aaron did a great job. Like, and, and those are two of the relationships I still have today from three years ago. I think that, I think that was like a 2017, 18 ish right around there. That was actually one of my first film comebacks that, that I had, um, that and another project, which was called back roads that was shot by Drew Pizzo. Uh, he's a local guy from over by Philadelphia, him and, and Tom Smith, I uh, teamed up with Sick and Twisted Productions. Uh, they did they did a, a film project over down that right. It says you appeared as Calvin Sherwood in Occurrence at Mills Creek. Is that the feature length one or? Yes. Because he did two versions of it, a short and a feature length. Yeah, we did a, uh, I believe it's the feature. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a feature actually. Um, it's a, uh, it's funny when he came to me with Kelvin and at the time I was, I mean, dude, if he comes to me tomorrow, I'm going to do something just like with Aaron, you know, you build those relationships with people. Um, and, uh, I read it and I had an idea for this man and I called Swanson up and I said, Swanee, I got an idea for this character, man. You trust me to do it. I said, I built this crazy backstory on this character. And even though it's only a day or two shoot, you know, I think it was a one day shoot, actually. We did all my stuff in a day. I said, I have this, this, this idea. And he's like, yeah, man, go with it. And uh, gave me a little more direction while I was there. And I mean, this character, man, it was, I loved it. It's in my new demo, um, but uh, I don't think it's out yet. So I don't push my demo online because there's some stuff in that hasn't been released yet. But I use it for casting. But when he came to me, like I said, it's, it's about the relationships being healthy relationships you know and and doing the things that you can do to be a good person to somebody else and uh like i said swanee did a great job on broken i was it's one of the easiest i know it sounds weird to say man it was an easy easy project to pull off and uh malign was a little different malign was more of my baby it was something that really held truth to my heart a lot of it took place in the editing room i mean we shot malign in one day uh, my budget was about 3,800 bucks because I had to bring everybody in for the day. Then we spent the night and food and all the things we did. And uh, we got lucky with Malign on some things. Uh, I cut out three pages last minute because I didn't want to go over budget. Uh, we shot at Aaron's house, actually, in his backyard. It was a perfect spot for that. And it's getting dark. And the sun's starting to go down. And we still have one more shot to get. Or this whole day's we're going to go over budget. I'm going to have to spend another couple grand. And we used my daughter for various reasons because I didn't want someone else's parents looking over my shoulder when it came crunch time. And a pivotal scene came down to the Indian where if you haven't seen the line, she's sitting there on the dock and she's got to pull in the water. Mind you, it's still April. I think it was April, end of April. Yeah, it's still into April. We just got lucky with the day. The water was pretty cold, if I remember correctly. And I'm up top and Drew's down there and Adam, Adam, Adam Block is an amazing sound guy, an amazing sound engineer. Um, I can, we can hear my daughter crying. She's like, I don't, I don't want to go in, in, in the water. And then you have Rachel Keefe. She's a, she, she's so amazing too. She's such, such a gifted actress and she's there trying to comfort her. So I run all the way back. I mind you about 150 yards away from the pond. This is, we got the drone shot. Like everything's got to click. And, uh, I get down to eat. I'm like, Ida, please. I just need you to fall in the bed. And daddy, I don't, I don't want to. And mind you, man, this, she's a six-year-old. So you know what I mean? I'm asking her to do a lot here. 
And uh, I said, Ida, please. So I go back up. She's crying again. So I come back down. Mind you, we got about two minutes to, to make this shot happen or it's, it's done. I'm like, Ida, daddy will give you $100. Please just fall in the lake for me. So on action, boom, gunshot goes. I come flying in. She falls in the water. I jump in. She panics a little bit, but we, we cut around it. We had enough footage between the drone, the running shot, and, and the B camera that it worked. And it was actually more powerful not to see it up front to let your mind wander. But that was all shot at Aaron's house. So like Aaron's become, you know, Aaron and I talk that's at least a couple times a month still. Swanee and I still stay in contact. It's just that tight-knit film community that we've kind of built with each other. And uh, it's not what we can do for each other. It's like, how can we team up to make each other better? I mean, that's kind of our mindset. Yes. Uh, Malign didn't work out all that well for the character played by your daughter. Uh, in, in real life or in the, in the, in the, in the, in the movie? In the movie. <laughs> um, it's funny because if you look at it from that standpoint, right? So I, I can talk now because Malign, Malign now is on its fourth uh it's down to its last four festivals so talk about an incredible journey for me as a learning lesson in life one two being able to shoot with my daughter um it's an experience that she'll treasure forever and i'll treasure forever as her father you know that that's just a who, who wouldn't want to make a, a film with 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 her child you know um it's actually funny Ida, my daughter wrote the song um i have friends and family that song she wrote that in in, in first grade actually that was her song Cool. And uh, with her, see, it, it depends how you look at it. Ideally, we wrote it very ambiguously and edited it together that way. Because if you're suffering from PTSD and you went through a traumatic experience and you're remembering it, things don't come linearly. It's not like A, B, C, D, E on a series of events. It's like W, Y, B, F. Like, you know what I mean? That all jumbles together in life. So Ida is really Trish's young self. And the big key in that is she says, mommy, who taught you that song? Boom, you did, mommy. So that, that key line right there, it's, 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 it's Trish seeing herself as her young self. The only thing that stays constant through that entire movie is the teddy bear. The teddy bear is in symbolically as time moves from her young self to her middle-aged self when she's having the conversation on, on, on the porch where she's looking at, why do you let him do that to you? Because he's my daddy, he loves me. Boom. Well, you got to take care of this. You know what you got to do. Boom. You know what I mean? So that's her, that's her middle-aged self until her, her adult self. Well, how do you get rid of everything? You got to erase it. Um, so that's how that was supposed to, to come out. And certain people get it. Some people don't, but I knew once people kind of understood it, it would take off. Uh, it, it's been an incredible festival run. Uh, we were in 49.7% success rate of, of festivals. Like being accepted. I think we're nominated. I want to say it's like 17 times now. If I had to guess, it might be 15 to 17. I don't know exactly. We've been finalists a handful of times and we've taken home 13 awards. I believe it is now. I actually stopped like, cause you know how this is, man, when you do a project and you just keep reliving it. But I mean, with this project alone, I made a name for myself in the film community. Uh, it, it led to me having to share an amazing experience with my daughter to when we went out to Vegas to mega or not to mega fest that's coming up to uh to the festival in Las Vegas uh my daughter and I I brought her with me it was her first plane ride so you know I took her to kind of show her 
and, and just when we won, we won a mental health awareness award uh, for that festival. And I let her just take all the spotlight and go up and get it. And it was just so amazing to see her just kind of embrace, you know, what it, what it takes. I wanted to show her uh, what it takes. Um, I got to go to California, which is an amazing festival. We went out there. I flew home early because I had to be back to work at the, at the country club at the time. And my, my, my friend who helped write it, Cecil, uh, she actually uh, got the award for us. She went down and picked it up at the, at the, at the award ceremony. Um, but I mean, I've just been very blessed to have really, really amazing people around me. Um, my mom actually helped co-produce it at the time. Um, I, was a, I, was a, I was a few hundred bucks short, so she lent me the money uh, for the project. And uh, I give her money back eventually. But, um, you know, from, from the editing to learning with Adam, Adam Block, him and I sat down. For, for I think it was four or five straight days, four days straight, where I would drive, sit till two in the morning. Hey, Jay, you want to crash my couch? You know, I'm going to go home and get a good night's sleep. Boom, be right back there. So there's a time, man, where I was put a lot of miles on it because my, my heart, that, that's just what my heart said to do, you know? Like, it, it's not about the, the love for, for the art it is so there. Like, I'm in love with it. I'm in love with the artwork from 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 filming from the writing to, to the very end of it well let's change subjects here and okay. uh talk briefly about your uh lightning bug lights uh, look uh, already um it's funny lightning bug lights was i wrote about six books in 2009 this is before my daughter um I'm extremely creative in the morning or in 4.30 a.m. Like my, my, my brain's firing. And if you're not a morning person, I suggest you're not around me in the morning because I am like a bull in a china cabinet. And my brain is firing 9 million miles a minute. I am all, of, and that's why I work out in the morning too, people, because I have the best workouts in the morning because that's where my energy's at. So I wrote these stories and then I put them away in a vault because I didn't know, I, I didn't know, like, I didn't know what to do with them. So I went through numerous avenues to find trying to find the right illustrator and uh i uh i, I was at a film festival in buffalo actually and sam culiano i did a film with him called post apotheglypho commando shark and uh i think it just got a huge deal i believe it's in canada and i want to say japan if, if i'm not mistaken and uh i asked him who did a poster design for him and he told me who did it and at one point I was under contract with a gentleman from Toronto and I'm not going to say names, but I hired a lawyer team. I paid him his value to void the contract because I found a guy that I really wanted to use. And, uh, he kind of got the vision that I was after. And I, I, I emailed him and he's from Belgium and I'm like, please speak English. So then I gave him a call and he's like, hello. I'm like, thank you, God. So we start then developing lightning bug lights. Uh, from start to finish, it took about uh, 13 months because we put so much effort into the illustrations. And, uh, you know, I wrote it from the standpoint from if a child could talk, you know, how, how would this be? So I do that and we submit it and uh, I get torn up by one judge and the other judge sees the value in it and, and the artwork and we win. Um, we win uh, the Bib Award for illustrations on it. And I ended up talking uh, to somebody and they said, hey, would you, you have an amazing story here. Would you take some constructive criticism? I said, absolutely. Because that's how I am, man. If, if you don't tell me what I'm not good at, 
you know, we can tell everybody what they're good at, right? And some people don't like constructive criticism. I, I, am, I embody it. I embrace it. Because if you don't point out my weaknesses, and sometimes I may not be aware of them, then how can I become a better person, a better actor, a better father, a better human, you know? Um, and, and those are things that, you know, younger Jason would be like, how dare you? Who do you think you are telling me? You know what I mean? Like, because that's just where my headspace was. Older Jason, the more mature Jason, the more fun-loving Jason now um, that I've found um, over the last year or two, like, I embrace that. Like, the only way that I can grow is for you to point out what I'm not doing right. From my acting coach, my acting coach does that. Um, my, my personal people around me know that's how I am. Um, it's funny, I train hard with a few people. If I stop working out before the second stops, they let me know, dude, you didn't finish. I said, you're right, I didn't. Um, and uh, those are the people I, I love to be around because they're going to push me to limits and I'm going to push them to limits. But back to the story. So we do that and we look at the book and we say, hey, can we do something? So we, we changed the book. And then it was a process of, I, I finished the 2.0 version of Lightning Bug Lights in March. I got a new copyright date on it. I resubmitted it back to two, two, two big book ideas. And I'm in the process right now of, uh, talking with a commercial publication company, but I'm not sure if I want to take the deal because I've kind of already built this on my back and I'm not really sure what they can do differently for me. And that's a conversation I'll have at a later time. I just have so much going on right now. I, I just got to really focus on the acting part for Jason right now. I know I just talked about myself in the third person, but for me, I got to, I got to, I got to focus on, on, on what's happening. And, you know, you got to listen to your gut and my gut says, just keep going with this acting stuff. And the book stuff's going to fall in place. I'm not in a rush. But it's an amazing story about a lightning bug and, and a little girl. Uh, her name just happens to be Ida. No, it was not written about my daughter. It was written before my daughter. Because if I was going to have a boy, I always said I was going to name her Aja. And if I had a girl, I was going to name her either. So that's a pretty long-winded story for a simple question. And I'm completely sorry for that. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Post-apocalyptic commando shark, 2018. Yes, sir. In the post-apocalyptic future, the world is at war. The newly installed Soviet Russian armies invaded the USA with the assistance of an evil German scientist who has created an army of superhuman soldiers, half man and half shark. Think about that, right? It's funny, right? Because back then when I read it, I'm like, this is hilarious, right? And now where we're at today, I'm like, dude, I do not rule out any possibilities anymore. You know what I mean? Like, what what is happening around this is absolutely frightening, and you know it, it's funny because I did it. I, I was home in 2018 visiting, and I saw a post, and I reached out to him, and you know th this this is one of the scenes that's on on my demo. Um, it's a great campfire scene. It's actually pretty awesome to be honest with you, and that's how I met Sam. And you know Sam's a great guy, works very hard, extremely talented, and based off of Sam, Sam kind of led me to Adam, who's my you know, who I've used before in projects and we've built a friendship together. Uh, he's, he's an amazingly talented guy um, when it comes to being a sound and sound engineer. Um, and it, it's just like I said, man, you, you don't know where you're supposed to be in life until when you think of where you're at now and how all these building blocks fit in. And then Sam's the one who led me to Stemo, who is now my illustrator, who, you know, does amazing work. And we're on our second book already. Um, we have now started a new book. It's titled Mr. Er, er, er. 
It's about a rooster and a little boy. And, uh, you know, we plan on making five or six more books, man. So, you know, all these little things, you know, just playing to, to where you are today, you know, and it, whether it's good or bad, man, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. You got to take failures as lessons and building blocks and, and build you up. You know, you can't shy away from your failures. You, you got you to gotta use them for what they're for. But then when they're done, you got to forget about them. You can't dwell on them. And a lot of us, you know, my, my younger self used to dwell on my failures. I used to put so much pressure on me. And I used to have this like innate, like fear of failing. Like I, I didn't want to fail. That was my biggest fear in life is I'm afraid to fail. And, and today, man, that, that fear is gone. Like it, it's not about the, the fear of failing. Like my, my biggest thing is, I want to keep growing. I want to keep finding who I am. I want to keep building those complex layers and, and digging down and, and building the best version of myself. So with that being said, that that movie, it, it was it was great, actually. Like when I rewatched it, it's, it's got so much humor in it. And, and Sam did a great job. You did. Sorry. Uh, no like if someone wants to get into acting, uh, what advice would you give them? Uh, besides building gazebos, which seems to work for you and Harrison Ford. Um. You have to be in it for the right reasons. You have to be in it for the long haul. You, the very first thing I would tell you to do is uh, go get some really good headshots. No, your mother can't take your headshots. No, my dad has a camera. Let me take your headshots. You need to go to a photographer who does headshots. Um, there's many scams out there. You know, you don't pay people to, to represent you. Um, you pay for acting classes. You pay your dues to SAG if you want to join SAG. Um, you pay your photographer for headshots because you need to build those headshots. You need to get into classes. Um, classes can be pretty pricey sometimes. Um, you need to find a job that you can support yourself on. And, you know, you have to be in it for the right reasons. You can't say, oh, I want to do it because I want to be famous because, let's be honest, 99% of actors you know, there's, there's a 1% side and there's the 99% of the others, but the others are important. You know, you, you got to believe in yourself and you just got to do it for the right reasons. And, um, you know, be, be in it for the long haul, man. Cause it's going to take you, I would say, unless you get extremely lucky, um, I would say 10 to 15 solid years of finding yourself, building credits, getting your vouchers, um, building your, rem your, 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 your resume, I remember my first, all my resume stuff when I moved to LA was a bunch of lies. I'm not going to lie to you. We all do it. You kind of fake it till you make it, man. That's what you got to do. Um, then you start getting to classes and you book some things. And I remember it's crazy to look back at 2007 and just see two things. Because I save everything, you know, just so you see two credits or three credits on your resume. And, uh, <laughs> and I just threw some plays on there that I never really did because it looked so sad. And I was like, oh, my God, it looks so pathetic. And then you just got to keep working. And, and no doesn't always mean no. Think about that. No doesn't always mean no. No means no maybe today. But it doesn't mean no next week, next year, two years, three years. You know, you're going like, you know, you to build your relationship. You got to build your name. You got to build your brand of who you are. You got to know who you are. You got to know what kind of characters you're going to play. Um, start doing the research. I know, I know what kind of characters I would instantly play. It's funny. I've been doing a lot of cop roles. Uh, blue collar. I could do army all day long. Uh, I could do anything sports wise. I could be the dad. I could be the drunk abusive husband, which I played. Uh, it was, it was really, really hard to play that, but I played it. Um, you know, so you got to know who you are from that character development side. 
and you've got to get in class, man. You absolutely, positively, and you, and not every class is right for every person. You know, you might do a class and like, oh, I didn't get anything out of it. Um, I love the class that I that that I'm part of. Uh, you know, with Anthony Grasso, the guy is so talented. Uh, he is a walking book of knowledge, and all your classmates become kind of, you know, they become kind of family too. And uh, you know that that's it in a nutshell, man. You know, just have a job that's flexible. And uh, you know, it took me 16 years, man, to find my dream job, where I could I could have pilot season open, and then COVID hit, and then I just got a new job offer, which just became my brand new dream job, which pays me about 35% to 40% more money. I still have the freedom to act. So, you know, th those are those are the main main things that I would tell somebody. And don't be afraid to pack your stuff up, man, and go to New York. Don't be afraid to pack your stuff up and go to LA. Not now, obviously, but when when things clear, you know, find find some. Texas is doing some amazing things. I love Texas. I love the people of the culture. Texas has some amazing things happening. Some amazing projects. Atlanta is a good spot. Louisiana is picking up with their productions. South Carolina and Virginia. Virginia it is is putting projects out right now that, that are amazing projects. Um, so, you know, it's not just about California anymore, I don't think. I think those places I've, I've spoke about, you know, Oklahoma, you know, things things in those areas right now are, are, are picking up and, and doing some amazing projects. So, you know, just do your research. Um, don't don't worry about rejection. I mean, it's, it's gonna happen. It's just part of the game. And, and just keep believing in yourself and do it for the right reasons and, uh, you know, life, life's life, life is going to take you on a journey and uh, be ready when, 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 when your stars start to align and that positive energy starts to align and things start coming together, just make sure that you're ready for it because you might not get another chance. And if you don't take a chance, you're never going to know your answer. So always be willing to take a chance. All right. Thank you. Uh, I think we'll end the formal interview here and uh, thank you for being on this podcast and I hope to see you in person one of these days. <laughs> Absolutely. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.